It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. £8.2 billion. That's how much energy firm Shell has earned in just the three months to the end of September this year. That's more than double what the company made in the same period last year. And so far in 2022, it's given shareholders just over £22 billion. That's as millions of people across the UK are preparing to limit their spending on food and energy just to get through the winter, in part because of inflation and soaring energy bills. The price hikes have prompted calls for a bigger windfall tax on the gas and oil giants, something Shell's own CEO, Ben Van Burden, called for earlier this month. And we heard this morning that Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Chancellor Jeremy Hunt will consider extending the windfall tax in place which is currently set to raise £5 billion. So, just how significant are these latest earning figures from Shell? And what level of windfall tax is now needed to help us through the winter months? Joining me now is the Evening Standard's business editor, Jonathan Prynne. So, John, first of all, quite astounding figures from Shell today in terms of their size. Well, they are. It's a genuinely vast amount of money for any company to make. It works out over the three-month period that uh, they were reporting on today at just over £1,000 a second. So it it is phenomenal amounts of money, far more than the most normal companies could ever dream of making in a full year, let alone just a quarter. It's actually the second biggest quarterly profit they've ever made. So yeah, it's phenomenal, phenomenal numbers. And is it based on purely the the gas prices going up and then profiting from that whole scenario or is it to do with any other factors as well yeah i mean the the biggest favorable factor at the moment is the fact that they're able to sell their products which is in essence energy in the form of crude oil and gas at a far higher price than in previous years i mean we all know what's happening to the price of gas in particular oil is very high earlier in the year as well has come back a little bit since then but and gas is off a little bit as well now but during the period that we're talking about the june to september quarter crude oil and gas prices were at phenomenally high historic levels for the very obvious reasons um the disruption to supply caused by the russia's invasion of ukraine does it look like going forward this year and in the months ahead and even year ahead 
this will sort of continue. Gas prices will stay high and Shell will continue with getting record profits and earnings. Well, no, I don't think that's probably the case because, as I say, the gas price is now well, well down. It's about half the levels that it was a few weeks ago. Crude oil is, is significantly down from the peaks of where it was well over $100 a barrel a few months ago. So this what we're seeing now. In fact, these most recent quarterly profits were down on the even larger quarterly profits in the second quarter of the year. So I think we will now see a declining trend. But, you know, nevertheless, for the year as a whole, profits will run to tens of billions of pounds. And of course, all of this is in the context of the cost of living crisis, high energy bills. There are calls for a more significant windfall tax. And we know Earlier this month, the CEO of Shell, Ben Van Burden, did actually call for big oil and gas companies to be taxed more. Do you think all of them will be happy with that? I don't think you'd ever say that the chief executive of any company would be happy to be taxed more because, you know, they're hired to deliver profits and dividends to the shareholders, not to taxpayers. But nonetheless, I think you'd have to be blind, really, as a chief executive of of an oil major at the moment, not to recognise the political reality. And the political reality is that, uh, you know, most people see these as super normal profits that are not really earned by these companies, but just happen to be the result of a fortunate set of circumstances and come at a time when millions of families are facing very, very big increases in their energy bills. So I think if you put those things together, I suspect it's more with a sort of weary acceptance of political reality rather than any enthusiasm that uh, chief executives of energy companies accept the fact that they are probably going to be taxed more. So can you see the government actually extending the current windfall tax in place now? Well, we've already know we've got a windfall tax coming next, uh, next spring. There's a 25% surcharge on energy companies' profits, which has already uh, been uh, approved by Rishi Sunak when he was Chancellor, when the last set of quarterly profits were announced. So the question is now, does the government increase that surcharge or indeed announce another tax? I think what they're likely to do is look at that surcharge and consider increasing it to, to a higher percentage of oil and gas company profits. But you know, Rishi Sunak has said all along that he's philosophically opposed to windfall taxes on, on profits. But the political reality means he's probably not going to have any, any wiggle room on this. And I think there's a very high chance that they will increase the surcharge from the current proposed level of 25%. And we've spoken about this before, John, when we've talked about the profits of the oil and gas companies. Some of the shareholders of these big energy firms are responsible for a lot of pensions. Is there an element of positive news in terms of the security of those pensions? Yeah, I mean, the oil gas majors are some of the biggest companies in in the FTSE 100. So inevitably, they make up a substantial portion of virtually every substantial pension fund will have shares in BP and, and Shell. So, yeah, anything that boosts their share price feeds through to the pension funds of millions and millions of pension fund holders throughout the country. So it isn't a one-way bet. Every time you bash the uh, energy companies, you are potentially bashing pension funds as well. So, yeah, I think it, it is a, it's a line that policymakers have to tread relatively carefully, I think. 
And are there any other industries in the UK which could be in line for a windfall tax going forward as well? We've had the uh, the major high street banks announce their third quarter profits this week as well. And they've all been pretty substantial, not quite in the same scale of the, the oil majors, but nevertheless running to many billions of pounds each. And I think there is a little bit of a head of steam, political head of steam as well, looking at possible windfall tax on the bank's profits, because there's a feeling that uh, they're profiting from the, the huge gap between lending and, and saving rates at the moment, which has boosted their, their profit margins. So I think, I, I don't think the government will go that way, but I think you will see voices calling for a windfall tax on the banks, which is not without precedent. It was done by Margaret Thatcher back in the, in the early 80s. So we'll see. I, my, my gut feeling is that it won't happen, but I think it's, you know, there will be pressure. Let's take a break now in part two. Founder of Uplift UK, Tessa Khan, explains just how crucial a windfall tax extension could be. I mean, there is no shortage of reasons for people to be really stressed out about how they're going to pay for their energy, how they're going to keep food on the table. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Joining me now is Tessa Khan, founder of Uplift UK, an organisation calling for a just transition away from fossil fuels. So Tessa, there are whispers and suggestions at the moment of a potential extension to the windfall tax on these fossil fuel companies which are making these huge profits. How much is that tax needed? It's desperately needed, John. I mean, that is a very welcome whisper if it's true. Um, As we've just heard this morning, Shell made... £8 billion in profits just this quarter. And the government has admitted that we are in an economic crisis, even with the energy bill support that it's providing people until April next year. About 7 million households are still expected to be in fuel poverty in the UK this winter. So we desperately need more support for households. And there is no easier choice available to the government right now than to increase the tax that oil and gas companies who are enjoying record profits pay. And what level of windfall tax do you think is needed to help the most vulnerable in society at the moment? So at the moment, uh, oil and gas companies as of May this year pay a 25% windfall tax. Uh, That brings the overall tax rate on oil and gas companies to 65%. But that's still below the global average 
tax rate on oil and gas companies. And I think it's really important to keep in mind that, you know, even though 65% might sound high compared to other industries and how much they pay in tax, the oil and gas industry is extracting a national non-renewable resource. They're not just any other business on the high street. Um, and at the moment, they are making eye-watering profits. So the most most relevant comparison is with how much oil and gas companies pay in tax in other countries. And if you take, for example, Norway, which is another country that has a North Sea oil and gas industry, Norway in normal times taxes its companies at 78%. So we could go much higher and that would bring in many billions, tens of billions of pounds more in annually in terms of revenue that the government could then use to support families. When you put it that way, it sounds like quite a realistic prospect. You know, these other countries are taxing companies at a higher rate. Do you think it's something that this sort of new look government, Rishi Sunak's government, will take on? Well, I really hope so, because it was Rishi Sunak as Chancellor who introduced the initial windfall tax in May, albeit that that windfall tax has a massive loophole built into it that means that the government is giving away billions of pounds in tax that it could otherwise raise. But what I really hope is that Rishi Sunak listens, you know, not just to people like us and to people who are advocating on behalf of all of the individuals and families who live in fuel poverty, who desperately want more tax to be imposed on these companies, but that he listens to the CEOs of oil and gas companies themselves. I mean, Ben Van Bierden, the Shell CEO, in the last couple of months has gone on the record to say that they should be taxed more. Um, the Equinor CEO, Equinor is another big oil and gas producer in the UK. They've also asked to be taxed more and they realise that it's morally indefensible to continue to allow oil and gas companies to make record profits off the back of exactly the same economic forces that are pushing people across the country into despair. So I can only hope that Rishi Sunak sees that there's actually no opposition from the industry, certainly not the public who are in favour of a windfall tax, and that he does the right thing and introduces a proper windfall tax. And we know this month the CEO of Shell, Ben Van Burden, was actually asking governments to impose a windfall tax on big corporations. Does that sort of thing give you a boost? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it shows how indefensible the current position is not to tax oil and gas companies more if the CEOs of oil and gas companies themselves recognise that when you're in a social and economic crisis as serious as the one that the UK is currently in, the obvious thing to do is to tax companies that are making an absolute killing. So there's no excuse really for the Chancellor and for Rishi Sunak as PM to not take advantage of that. That money is on the table. The government keeps talking about the big hole in the budget that it needs to fill and there is no more obvious a choice. This isn't a difficult choice. It is the lowest of all low-hanging fruit, I would say. And in your role at Uplift, Tessa, do you have conversations with the people that are most likely to struggle, certainly now, but, you know, going into the winter as well? What do those people say to you? Well, yeah, we're part of a coalition of organisations called Warm This Winter who do have, you know, a number of organisations that work directly with people who are living in fuel poverty. And people are still incredibly anxious. You know, as I said, Seven million households in the UK will still struggle to pay their energy bills this winter, even with the energy 
price cap that's been introduced. And now, of course, we've heard that that support will no longer be available after April. Gas prices are projected to stay exceptionally high until at least 2025. I mean, there is no shortage of reasons for people to be really stressed out about how they're going to pay for their energy, how they're going to keep food on the table, how they're going to pay for other bills at the same time. And, you know, they are really, really worried and desperately asking the government for more assistance. Obviously, Uplift UK is calling for a move away from fossil fuels. And we know that the likes of Shell and BP have said, you know, they're looking at moving in that direction and trying to boost other ways of generating power. Uh, But what more can be done to speed up the process, in your opinion, Tessa? Yeah, well, I think the first thing to say is, you know, we should stop looking to oil and gas companies to be the ones that drive the renewable energy transition. Um, Most oil and gas companies in the UK don't invest anything in renewable energy in the UK. Um, That renewable energy revolution is being driven by the renewable energy companies, unsurprisingly. So, you know, let's not look to the oil and gas company to be the saviours here. What the government needs to do, though, to make sure that we take full advantage of the substantial, incredibly affordable renewable energy resources we have in the UK is to do things like unblock the existing moratorium on solar that currently exists on solar generation onshore. Uh, Rishi Sunak has indicated that he's going to keep a moratorium, which is a ban effectively, on onshore wind. I mean, those are crazy decisions to make when those sources of energy are currently nine times cheaper than gas. And the reason that the UK has such high energy bills, the highest energy bills in Europe, is because we are disproportionately dependent on gas for our heating our homes and for electricity generation. Other countries are moving much faster than we are and the government should unleash the full potential of our renewable energy resources so we can move at the same pace. And just from your role, Tessa, can you give us an idea of what the situation is like at the moment when it comes to renewable energy in the UK? Yeah, look, I mean, the first thing to say is that the UK has some of the best renewable resources in Europe in terms of the wind and wind resources we have, particularly in the North Sea. Um, We've got massive offshore wind capacity. We've also got a lot of capacity onshore as well. But the problem at the moment is that, as I said, the government's effectively banned both onshore wind and solar. So, you know, the first thing they need to do is lift those bans. But definitely, I think people recognise that Increasing our generation of wind and solar in the UK is not only the way that we make sure that we are competitive internationally in terms of the growth of renewables industries, it will lower our energy bills as well because those sources of energy are so cheap, but they're also the way that we are going to stay on top of of keeping ourselves within a livable climate. I mean, we've just lived through a pretty horrific summer in terms of Europe's rivers running dry, you know, a one in 500 year drought. We had record breaking heat across the UK, as you know. The climate crisis is real and it's here. And so, you know, we've got to take advantage of the fact that the solutions to both climate change and to energy affordability and security are the same, and they are renewable energy. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standards newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock.
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.